Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, I know that I am late putting the information out. As a matter of fact, I was just about to start texting individuals and be like, call in on the show, want you to discuss this topic, want to hear your thoughts. Because even though last week when I did the show, we ended the show, the guest that was on the show suggested that we talk about this topic. And this topic is a topic that is important for a lot of different reasons. And one of the things is that during the summer months, we find that many individuals are out getting married during the month of June, July, August, summer. People are in love. They, you know, want to doing all these different things. Yesterday we just celebrated Father's Day, so I want to commend those fathers out there that are fathers that are doing their thing, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And even if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're still a father and just do better. Do better by your kids. Do better by your spouse. Do better by your parents. But today's topic is important as the guests wanted to speak about this topic because as we out, we go out there, we get married, we jump the broom, find another of our lives, we don't prepare or get things in order, even when they say, till death do us part. You know, we know that that is a commitment within the union. However, what happens when death do come? Whether it is through sickness, if it is a tragedy, unexpected death, or let's say something just happened. What are we supposed to do? How is the spouse supposed to go on with their life after the death of a spouse? Which is what we're going to be talking about today. Now, many of you know that I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. With that being said, I do a lot of, I work with a lot of individuals. I work with people from all walks of life. I do couples counseling marriage counseling, grief, depression, anxiety, you know. So this can be kind of a relationship anxiety, which we're not wanting it to be relationship anxiety, but I want you to know that there's help available. Now, I see it when I was putting the Facebook information together with my video. This is something that many of my childhood friends or several of my childhood friends, they experience the passing and death of their children's father at a young age. I mean, we were 18, 19 years old. Sometimes it happened when we were in our 20s. But it was a while before I started experiencing the death now. Many of you know that, yes, I did marry a person that I was in high school. We went to junior high school together, prom together. We did all of that, Mr. Byron Lewis. And we married 33 years later, and he passed away last September. Now, it didn't affect me or impact me like I thought it probably would have if I would have been younger, especially considering that we had known each other for over 40 years. So when I start thinking about his birthday, my birthday, the holidays, and sometimes it can be kind of rough. You know, I had male friends that was very, very close to me that have passed away, and the same thing is true. I think about them a lot. I think about Zay. I think about Roger. I think about Anthony Gray. 
to all of these people that played a role in my life. So when I think about the people that have been married or, or were married and they spouse passed on, where I went to, I called her my grandma, to her husband's passing, and sitting there with her, I was like, I thought I dodged the bullet with Byron, but just sitting there with her brought up so many different complex emotions to where it was like I could feel her pain. I could, like, wow, how do people just, you know, and even the conversations that I've had with individuals who have lost their spouse, whether it is a man that lost his wife or a or a wife who lost her husband, we all grieve differently. So if you are one that is dealing with grief or lost a spouse or you know of someone, this is a good show that's going to be providing good information to help them understand that there is life after the death of a spouse. Now, someone just logged on, so let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Participate in Community Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? Number ends in three seven. Miss J, I'm right here, right on. Thank you very um, much. And thank you so much for your show. You have done so much for my life, and I cannot appreciate you enough. But anyways, on the mm-hmm. topic of dealing with the death of a loved one. Mm-hmm. It's important to appreciate them, always think about them, but never look in the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And the thing is, and I say it and I put it out there, that people grieve and mourn differently. And sometimes family and people put so much on that person when they're dealing with this process of having to go through the funeral arrangements and burying their loved one, that's a lot. And people say, oh, well, call me if you need me. And it seems like, and I've heard people say, they've heard that, but then people just disappear. And they, we say it, but we really don't know sometimes what to do or what to say. Now, talking about the death and the life, and how to have life afterwards. You know, I talked about Father's Day, and I talked about that many individuals, they marry, it's filled with bliss, joy, happiness, and the last thing that the couple may be thinking about is sickness, unexpected tragedy, and even death. We're not thinking about that at the time. So, however, when such occurs, how is the other partner supposed to go about their life? That's part of the issue. What are they supposed to do? The anger, the complex emotions can take a toll, as well as the financial aspect of running a household and maintaining the family. Holidays, graduations, and other life events can create a challenge. Now let me log on the next caller and see what they have to say in regards to this. Because, like I said, this is a very sensitive topic, but it's a very important topic because I am going to be providing information, tips, and tools to try to help individuals get through this. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number ending in 27. How are you doing? 
<clears throat> I'm good. I was invited today by Roger, and I uh, wanted to give a call in. Um, and I I was listening to just this last part that you said, and in our family, something that we've subscribed to is called the ring theory. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, this idea that whenever someone is dealing with a crisis situation, whatever the situation is, you think about people in terms of rings, and whoever is the closest to the situation, they're the center of that ring. And that person, they, they call the shots on how things happen, what they need, what they don't need, and they are allowed to dump out onto any out, outside ring, outside themselves. You know, the person who lives with them, their immediate family, that's that next ring out. They can dump onto them as much as they want. And then that uh -huh. next ring out, the, the rule of the ring theory is you dump out, you pour in. Uh -huh. So when you need to, when, when the stress of the situation is hitting you, but you're not that center ring, you do not uh -huh. get to dump into a ring closer to the middle. You dump wow. out. <laughs> and you, you pour the, the support and everything yeah. into the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's yeah. kind of how we've dealt with different crisis things that have come up. And it's a good reminder to people, you know, when someone is, you know, dealing with that and, and, and dealing with, like you said, like with the financial and how to deal with all this different stuff. And then someone from outside that ring, you know, your aunt from Connecticut comes in and is like, oh, this is so hard for me, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, 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 you don't get to do that. <laughs> okay, it's hard for you. You talk to someone else in that outer ring. You don't go jumping onto the person who's now having to rearrange their entire life. Gotcha. So and you know, that's, and that's, that's what one I, of the ways that we deal with it here. So I have a question because I don't know if you are the one who Roger kept calling Mrs. B, who was on the show with me last week. No, no. Okay, okay. No, so I'm I'm a friend of Rogers from high school. <laughs> okay. This is Miss M. Yeah. She was the one that, that that wanted this topic because she was the one who had lost a spouse and wanted me to talk mm. about this topic, and I told her that we would do it the following week, and I honor that. So I always let individuals yeah. know if something that they want to share, they want to talk about, that other people can learn, benefit from, I'm open because this is a platform to where this show is heard in several different countries, several different languages mm -hmm. translated into, and you never know who's listening and who you may be able yeah. to inspire, encourage, or help them along the way. So, Roger, if exactly. you know her number, please give her a call because I did tell her that I would do the show because this was Ms. her request. Miss uh, J, I'm oh, sorry, Miss J, Miss B is on a ladies' lunch, so she cannot join. <laughs> so she gave me the topic. Okay, join. Okay, so hopefully she can listen later because she brought the topic up. Now, when we talk about these things that happen, you know, sometimes you know, and, and I'm not seeing that. And I, I'm not going to put people's business out there in the streets. I'm, I'm very careful with not using people's names. Oh, no, thank you. I'm on some cheese. <laughs> and I'm talking about, I'm laughing because I'm talking about the death of a spouse, right? Won't let me eat no cheese. So I guess he's trying to make sure the cheese don't kill me. So every time, when he, when he asked me what I wanted for breakfast, and I told him I want eggs, I'm on 
cheese on my eggs. He was like, you ain't getting no cheese. He was asking no cheese. And so he going to come in here and say, you want a pancake? No, I want some cheese on Miss my eggs. <laughs> our diet is so important nowadays now that we get older. Well, but the thing is, he's watching me hurt. I know. You've got to be watched. You call me every day just to make sure I'm okay, and I appreciate that. And I'm not trying to oh, go nowhere. I no love way. you so much. You are just appreciated from the bottom of my heart. But I want some cheese on my eggs. And this man trying to make sure I don't die. So I'm like, can, can I get some cheese on my eggs? Get some cheese on my eggs. Really? Just cheese. So... But when we're talking about these things, because like I said, I do grief counseling with individuals who have lost their spouse, whether it was a long-term sickness, it could have been a tragic accident, you know, short-term cancer. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that's going on. And I know you had mentioned, Roger, well, what about a divorce? Sometimes a divorce can feel like a death. However, but with a divorce, you can still pick up the phone, call the person, you know the person is alive, but when that person has transitioned on and you're wondering, what is my life going to be like? I'm used to this person being around for the holidays. I'm used to this person calling me, singing happy birthday to me. I'm used to the flowers. I'm used to the smell. I'm used to the – and now i got to do all this by myself. Sometimes individuals will slip into depression. Sometimes individuals have suicidal thoughts and ideations. Because they don't know how to handle life after the death of a spouse. So it can become very, very complicated. But I'm here today to let you know that that dash and what happened to them does not mean that you have to die too. Now, I'm looking at some information, and I want to share it with you guys. And it talks about some of the things that individuals can do. you got to take one day at a time. Just recently, my auntie came to California because one of the guys that she had been knowing, dating off and on for over probably 40 or 50 years, had died. I didn't know what to say to my auntie at first because I knew she was going to be very heartbroken because she was used to talking to this man, laughing with this man, sharing things with this man. Hey, there. How do people pick up the pieces? They go through these, these different stages. And I want to talk about the stages of grief, which is DABA. They call it the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the acceptance. And now we also have the guilt and then the hope. With the Father's Day and the holidays, like I said earlier, there are people that were very special in my life that sometimes I go through this stage where I'm like, dang, what is Christmas going to be like without Zay? or having a party without Fat Roger, or, you know, just dealing with all of these different things. You know, my father calling me, hey, Tuki. And I'm like, Lord, don't nobody call me their name but him. You know, so these are some of the things that people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. But you have to learn how to take yeah, one. Yeah, Jay, exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying. Exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. My dad yeah, died of a sudden heart attack from a broken heart because mm-hmm. his... Mm, I don't want to call him his ex-wife, but the girl Mm -hmm. dumped him. Mm -hmm. She was half his age. Some people can't. 
which is what I know that individuals have passed away or the spouse passed away and the other spouse died within a week. This was within a week. I got a cousin. He, his mom died, and I think the stepfather died within five days. We thought we were going to have to have a double funeral because he didn't know how to live without his wife. So because they get used to it. Some people build shrines all around their home. You know, just the memories, it's hard for them to try to let some things go. But you've got to learn how to take a one-day-at-a-time approach, and that will allow you to grieve at your own pace. Don't let nobody tell you how to feel. Don't let nobody tell you how to think. Now, if you got to the point where you're going to slip into depression, I ain't going to say to let nobody tell you what to do because you better get up and wash your butt and do something. But sometimes when we're talking about your own pace, there are people that still care about you and love you. So there's a lot of life still left in you and a lot of reasons for you still to live. But talk out your thoughts and feelings because healing actually, Roger, comes when you start to share your grief with others. It allows You allow yourself to talk about the death, your feelings, and loneliness, and the special things you miss about your partner. That allows you to do that. What do you think about that, Roger, when it talks about, you talk about it? Ms. J, uh, actually, you know what I want to bring back is a memory that you shared with me about somebody scratching their butt and saying, do I have a question? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What you want to share? This is what I want to share. Um, when you have loss of life, I've been there. I've been through it, right? As you know, since <laughs> I've been through the ringer. But um, when we want to talk about loss of life and having family there for us, it's number one, protection of the home. Number two, helping others when you can. And number three, saying no. And, you know, it's interesting you just said the saying no, and I want to put it out there, is that when we talk about life after the death of a spouse, some spouses get taken advantage of when their significant other passed away. You get vouchers, vultures, people want this, they want that, they want It's a mess. It is a mess. So that's what I liked about when your caller, the caller was talking about that ring. Sometimes you got to protect that spouse to make sure that they're not sorted for money, taking advantage of, you know, people are, are, are basically trying to compensate off of their loss because that happens a lot too, H-O-N-C-U. So a lot of times individuals will try to come in on the spouse. Now, I want to share some information, and it talks about how do I rebuild my life after the death of a spouse. And like I said, they give you eight different and sometimes we don't want to hear that. And like I said, people grieve and mourn differently. But we start talking about moving on. You know, they used to say, in some cases, like I said, because finances sometimes play a role, sometimes individuals may be quick to remarry, and sometimes individuals 
don't want to remarry because it can mess up some of their financial assets. One of the things it talks about is the eight steps of moving on after the death of a spouse. Allow yourself to grieve the death of the spouse. Give yourself permission to feel. Don't numb yourself. Don't self-medicate with drugs or alcohol or go on this um, self-destructive behavior. Don't do that. It's dangerous. Surround yourself with loved ones, people that got your back and care about you. Avoid making big decisions because those big decisions can get you in trouble. Look into counseling because counseling is available. Whether it's grief counseling, we're doing things now via telehealth. We're doing things where people can still go into the office, but you can also go through your insurance and find out and get the list of providers that's within your network if that's what you want to do. You can get pastoral counseling, but get you some type of grief counseling. EAP, which is Employee Assistance Program, is offered through your employer, paid for, free, confidential. And sometimes family counseling is important in addition to just individual grief counseling because sometimes you may have to talk about it as a family. And also, take care of yourself. Self-care, Roger, is important. And you want to find a support group and educate others on how to help you. Sometimes, like I said earlier, people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know. They, they, they just don't know. Let them know what you need. Tell them if you're having a good day, a bad day. And one of the things that I've heard people say is people disappear. And don't be afraid of the future. You know, Roger, sometimes individuals feel guilty thinking, why did I? Why am I here or why did they leave? And am I a bad person if I move on with my life? No, you're not. No, you are not. You can still carry the memories. You can still carry a whole lot of different things that you've done, the experience, but you do not have to feel guilty. And I'm going to say, like I said, of all the people that I know and the men in my life, I don't even think my father's funeral or the loss of him was as hard as it was as it was for me with Zay. That right there was deep. But I commend his wife because she's living. She's doing things. She's, and even when I talk to her, we can laugh. We can be about to cry. We can tell funny stories. We can do these things because we weren't expecting that man to die in no motorcycle accident. As much hell as he calls the people he pissed off, it's like, really? So these are things that you can do to keep you going. I saw a couple that I've been knowing for years at the casino last night, and it was really good seeing them together because we can laugh, we can talk. So thank you. So I still can't get no cheese. <laughs> Did you give me some cheese? I think you get chance to look at it. Okay, I got food in front of me, people, so y'all got to excuse me. Oh, you so sweet. You know what? Thank you. I appreciate you because I thought you wasn't going to give me no cheese. <laughs> you told me no. Okay, so. Um, oh, my God. Miss J, please share with me what you're eating. <laughs> well, he was You know place. we love food, so we're good. I know. He went to a place. <laughs> Not like that place, but he went to a place in Oceanside called Paul's Place. And when I'm here in Oceanside, I love that breakfast. And I know he got steak and eggs. 
When he gets steak and eggs, I get pork chops with eggs, scrambled heart with cheese, with potatoes, with um, toast, with grape jelly, because i got to get my grape jelly. And I know better than talk and eat at the same time, but you know what? I haven't had breakfast, coffee, anything. I am so hungry. Can you get my cheese? I appreciate that. So I got my eggs and cheese. Okay. I know. I so, and I, I I wanna bring up another topic aside mm-hmm. from grieving is multitasking and how women can do it. I have no idea. I have no I have no effing clue how women can multitask. I'm and it's crazy. And uh-huh. you do it. <laughs> and yeah, I do it all I, the time. My sister does it, she has Three nephew, I have three nephews. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they do it. Mm-hmm. How do women multitask like that and men cannot? Well, you know what? When you have kids and you used to juggling so many different things at the same time, you don't have a choice. You really do not have a choice. So we learn how to do that, and uh, that's all I can say. I can. But you know what? I also learned not to eat and talk at the same time because I used to wonder why older individuals don't eat and talk because you choke. That's not good. So I had to stop um, doing it. I stopped eating and talking at the same time. So I'm looking for one of the young ladies that I um, know, and I went to her husband's funeral. And I don't know if she's available. I'm trying to call her on my phone. I haven't talked to her in a while because she can share some things that she experienced in regards to the the death and life after the death of a spouse. And I meant to put the information out. I put the little thing out on Facebook, but I forgot to tag all of my friends that I know that have, are going through this. She's not answering the phone because she's probably busy. So um, um, my question to you, Roger, when we talk about life, what does life mean to you? Because you do have a partner. What does life mean to you? Life before I understood how short it was, it is, Mm -hmm. right, Um, Mm -hmm. was about friends. And I thought I had a bunch of friends because, as you know, I'm a homosexual. And so I thought I had a bunch of friends. But really, there was about a bunch of haters mm-hmm. around me. So I had to cut them out real quick. And then when the big COVID came out and I woke up in a body bag on oxygen, mm-hmm. and it's real, people, if you're listening, it's real. It does not discriminate. Um, when I woke up in the body bag, I promised myself I'm going to cut the bushes. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you need to understand who your friends are, mm-hmm. who is responsible, because I also had to deal with... <laughs> this is funny. I was in the hospital... My dad was on floor four. I was on second floor. Mm -hmm. And he ended up dying. Wow. My dad died of a heart attack, broken heart. 
At the same mm-hmm. time that I was in the hospital, he did not die of COVID, thank God. Mm-hmm. He just died of a heart attack. Probably from the stress about seeing me being sick, but, you know, I just followed protocol, mm-hmm. followed the rule, and did my thing. But grieving process with regards to family members that think they're entitled mm-hmm. to money, I'm like, uh, I'm just following the rules, following the, his trust, what he what he said, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I don't have any regrets, and I don't. You care. know what? I- you just brought up something. I'm trying to plug my phone up. You just brought up something that's very, very interesting that a lot of individuals fail to do is when you marry someone, and we talk about premarital counseling, and a lot of times individuals don't even go through premarital counseling, we have to make sure that we educate individuals about the importance of a will and a trust. Because we talk about life going on after the death of a spouse. You don't want to leave your spouse with the financial burden and hardship that occurs, even though some individuals have these these unrealistic expectations of things. But you want to make sure that your all of your affairs are in order. You really do. So individuals are not tied up in probate court or they're not fighting over things. And, you know, and that makes life more complicated, meaning – how am I going to afford the mortgage? How am I going to, you know, put the kids to college? How, who's going to be here for the grandkids? Who's going to, you know, all, all of these different things can occur. So you want to make sure that you take care of your business. And a lot of times that's the furthest thing from a person's mind is to take care of those things. And that is very, very important. But the question is, do life go on? Yes, it does go on, and life is technically going to be what you make it. Yes, so, Miss Jay, and you're right. You're exactly right. Life goes on, and it gets more beautiful as we acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of times, we're going to seek judgment from the Lord, but life goes on. And it's mm-hmm. a beautiful day here in California. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's perfect temperature. And people get jealous mm-hmm. about our lifestyle. True. That is true. That part is true because they get jealous of what they don't know. Now, to ask the question, is their life after the death of a spouse? Yep. They can go on as long as they seek support from others because at your own pace, they can develop and lead a rewarding and fulfilling life after going through the pain with wisdom and support. A widow can doubtlessly survive the grieving process, meaning it may hurt now, but you can get and it is very possible to move forward and enjoy a meaningful and transformed life. But if you choose to be stuck, if you choose to stay in this place, you're doing it to yourself. And that's not what the person really probably wants you to do. Sometimes
sometimes people, especially your, the children, and I want to throw this out there too, Roger. I noticed that if a person has adult children, they're afraid of what their adult child may think if they move on or if they get remarried or if they start dating. So they feel they got to sneak and they got to hide. You don't need to do that. You just have an adult conversation with your child to let them know. Mommy, daddy has transitioned. It doesn't mean that they're not your mommy and daddy anymore because sometimes they're grieving too. They're grieving too. But it doesn't mean that your life has to stop. I was looking at, and I went to a funeral of one of my, um, he um, he owns an outpatient counseling center like myself, and I should have had him call in. And the one thing that he said to me, and, and it was just so, I was so like, wow, when it came to um, going to his wife's funeral, is he said, she was my friend. She was my best friend. I bought her her dream house. And I didn't know this until he shared it. He said, I bought her her dream house, and she died the next day. And I, I was like, oh, my God. But he felt he did everything he could possibly do. And when wow. I looked on Facebook, I saw him and his daughter, and they smiling, and they, I was just like, Phew. you know, that's, oof. He may be worried about the daughter. The daughter may be worried about him. But life will go on, but they got to learn how to grieve. Now, helping yourself heal when your spouse dies, like I said, allow yourself to mourn. Recognize your grief is unique. Talk out your feelings and thoughts. Expect to feel a multitude of emotions. Find a support system. Be tolerant of your physical and emotional limits. Somebody, you said earlier, um, Roger, about you got to learn how to say no. Some things you got to say no to. And if people want to invite you to events and you're not ready for it, just tell them, I'm not ready for that right now. You know, I'm not ready for the holidays. I'm not ready for the – don't mean that you will never be ready, just not right now. And also, take your time with your spouse's personal belongings. Now, I'm a hoarder, Roger. I keep everything. I got, I got boxes of letters Byron wrote me. I got pictures. I, you know, from time to time, I'm all <laughs> I am a hoarder as well. I have an 80s pinball machine. I have a Pac-Man machine. I have a Las Vegas slot machine. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I know what you're talking about. So basically, sometimes individuals struggle with that because I found myself rereading text messages that I found or had on my phone or looking at pictures and, you know, but that gives me that moment of just like, wow, you know. Now, someone will say, well, how long does grief last after the death of a spouse? What I'm looking at, it indicates that it can, the standard, now this is the standard, Grieving period can last anywhere from six months to 12 months. But it's a cycle. You're going to have different emotions at different times. But, again, that's just the standard. Now, if you find yourself still grieving and still hurting, and and it's been two, three, four, five years, seek professional help to help you get through that. Now, 
how do you find yourself after your spouse dies? You got the shock. You got the disbelief. You got all that going on. I was just going through my Facebook page, and I saw, and I got to call my auntie because her husband's mother passed away. And I've heard him talk about his mom. I've heard these things. And I'm like, ooh, you know, it's a sensitive topic with that. I just saw a picture of him. He on his way to Hawaii. I was like, you go, boy. You go. When your mama passed and you can go to Hawaii, that's a lot. But you got to live. Okay, now my girl calling me. I'm glad she got my text message. Okay, I'm clicking you on. How are you doing? Number ended in 2-2. I apologize for the delay, but I did want your feedback. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. That's about it. How are you? I am well. I'm hearing a hanging in there. I haven't heard your voice in a while. I apologize for the late information, but a lady called in on the show last week, and she wanted to talk about this topic, life after the death of a spouse. And mm-hmm. when I the last minute to put it together, and then Roger just told me that she's having a girl event, so she wasn't able to call in, and even though she wanted me to do this topic. And I thought about you popped into my spirit, too. And I know that you have your good days, you have your bad days. How many years were you married? It would have been 40 this year. So let's see, it's been three years, three years ago. Okay. So 37 years. How are you doing with your life now? If you don't mind sharing it with the audience. Um, not great. And I know that you um, don't want love helping others, but you say not great. No. Okay. No, I have my ups and downs and my days, better days and other days. And I think for the first year or so, I kept busy in the second year. And this year, between the COVID and still thinking about all that, just, I don't know. I just feel like it's just like, I don't know. And then how do you meet somebody and go and spend time with them and your friends change and people, you know, you end up because after you lose a spouse, it's like the friends you had before um, aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say Does that the friends sense? that you had before, it makes a lot of sense. When we start talking about the friends, because, and I shared before, and I was talking to my, um, I called her my grandma, and the one thing about her is no matter what, I could always make her laugh. I'll tell a joke, I'll bring her something silly I've done, I'll, you know, and try to get her in a different spirit is what I do. And I know I haven't talked to you in a minute because I'm in OCI today, but I'll probably be leaving tomorrow. But, I, you know, because I'm, I'm moving around a lot. But sometimes... Miss J, Miss J, I'll chime in real quick. Thank you, Miss D, for being on the phone call, number one. Number two is there is life after death. We got a lot of background noise. For people, for people that have to deal with it. You handle your business, and you just move on. 
part of this, part of this, I'm not sure if the background noise and I'll click it back on. Part of this is sometimes individuals feel that their friends abandon them too. And sometimes the things that they used to do when as a unit is is a little different. It, it's, a, it's a little different. You know, I was sharing how when I was at the casino and I saw, I call him my brother and his wife, and, and it reminded me of how when I was married, how me and him and my husband, we'd go to the casino, you know, my husband and I go to the casino, but we would have a lot of fun. We would do a lot of things as a couple. So we don't do those things like that anymore, but even when I run into them in those places, it's still good to see them. It's still good to, you know, to connect with individuals. It's about that connection. You don't want to lose the connection that you have with other people. Now, part of trying to figure out your life is to find your purpose. Now, let me ask her. Um, I know you don't like using your real name, so I'm going to call you Miss Chris, Miss, Miss, um, Christina, Christy. What do you find your purpose to be now? Because I know before Tony Page, you was a firecracker. You was all over the place. Do you feel that you're having difficulty finding your purpose now after the passing of him? Well, I know that you have to move on, and I've tried moving on. And I, my purpose, well, with me is I have my I have my kids. I have my two kids. Mm-hmm. So there's my purpose right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is okay. You know, to make sure they're taken care of, and but it's just I don't know. It, and I don't think that I really grieved a lot until this year. I think I'm mm-hmm. my grieving's been delayed. And you sorry know what? there's noise back in the background where I'm at because I'm trying to finally go get my nails done and my toes done to make mm-hmm. myself feel a little bit better. And my daughter's with me, and it's really challenging. <laughs> and so um, and then I got the text. I thought, mm-hmm. well, I better try to call in. I've just been, you know, trying to just get through every day. And now it's summer, and, you know, uh, when the kids are at school, it's different. Um, I had time to do stuff with me. Now that I don't have the kids at school, I don't have time to really do too much with me. Um, and um, I uh, I think you knew I fractured my knee. Well, I actually tripped again and refractured it. <laughs> I knew you failed so, on the UPS box when the, when the mailman or the UPS people dropped the box at your house. You fell again? Yeah. I didn't know nothing about that. Yeah, well, I... Well, I was working out and I fell again. So um, now I've had to take it easy again because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm waiting for the X-ray to come back. So, um, but I started. You know, I just been trying to keep myself busy and, like she said, life. You have to move on and life goes on. Um, you know, it's not easy to meet somebody. You know, to have single than when you have friends that are married and they do their own thing. You know. Um, hang out with, you know, somebody. And I'd like to meet somebody, you know, to have a companion, someone to spend mm-hmm. time with. I miss that. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. You've got to be mindful that when you're out there, I mean, I was on Facebook last night, and it said something about 
Facebook dating app. I'm like, I ain't trying to date nobody on Facebook. You know, you got to be mindful because people be looking at your social status. They look at if you're a widow. I remember a person told me one time he's trying to date something, talking about, well, I see you. Oh, da, 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 da. I thought you was a widow. If I'm a widow, it don't mean that I'm looking for you over there in Africa. You know? <laughs> So you gotta you be know what? Alive. That's interesting that you said. That's interesting you said that because about this and then the dating app. So I tried that and I put widow, and it seems like all I do is get connected with widowers, and then half of them aren't even real. They're phony. They're scammers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe I should put single. And then when somebody asks you, but you know, I mean, and it's. It was interesting. I don't know if you have you tried a dating app. I've never been on a dating app. Oh, well, that's how they say you're supposed to meet people these days. Well, so yeah. far I've tried it and I've met two people that were scammers. Didn't meet them, talk to them. They're scammers. So now, when now my attitude is that when you when I see the same type of a person try to make a mm-hmm. connection with me, I automatically think it's a scammer. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're an engineer, they're civil this, they say they're here, but they're there. It's like, okay, forget it, don't waste my time. Mm-hmm. But I now, get enough because it has widower. I get back into my life mind. after up years. So going on all these dating websites and all that, no, that's that's never been my um, mm-mm. Well, I have not done that. something I wanted to do, but somebody told me that's the way you meet because I don't go out to bars, I don't go places, I don't know mm-hmm. anybody that has friends that are single. So, right. um, you know, and I'm nobody so, at no party either. So, you know, and that's crazy. Your club, bars, I did meet a husband one time at club. And that same day I had fell down a, a, a bunch of stairs. I'm sitting on the, on the table. I mean, sitting on the um, thing. My butt just bothered and I done fell down from steps. Now, <laughs> so when we start talking about, and I want to get back to what I was talking about in regards to how to find a purpose after the death of a spouse. And this is 12 tips. And this was written by a person that is a certified grief counselor. And her name is Alejandra, Dr. Alejandra um, Vasquez. Now, one of the things she talks about is finding a purpose. Because in order to determine life, you got to know what your life is going to look like. And sometimes it may seem like your life has been taken away when the person passed away, especially if the loss was sudden. You may still feel or be in the process of grieving and healing from the immense loss and trying to figure out where to go from here. Not uncommon. To need or want help in the direction of where to go next in your quest for meaning. Because losing a spouse can feel like you're living in an alternative universe after getting through the initial shock of your loss. And like I said, it's normal to feel anxious and panic about what comes next, but it's not unusual to suffer from what they call insomnia, worrying what the future holds. And these feelings are expected after your spouse dies, especially if they suffered a sudden unanticipated death or died at a very young age. I remember my stepfather, when my mother passed away, he wanted to die. He kept on till he died. He'd be like, I'm going to go be my honey. I can't wait to see my honey. I, it was like, wow, how could you even, even though he had other girlfriends and stuff, he still wanted to be with his honey. So you want to first identify what's meaningful to you. Finding that purpose and meaning in your life after your spouse's death begins with identifying what is meaningful to you, what's important to you. 
Now, I thank God I didn't go through that. Even after I had found out that Byron had passed, if they would have asked me that question 20, 30 years ago, my response or my reactions probably would have been different than what it was when it did happen. And that was because I guess I had already separated myself. I still miss my friends. Don't don't get me wrong because we were friends. But I didn't have that, hmm, what am I going to do with my life? I I didn't have that. Now, when we start talking about before you can make your spouse life meaningful after they passed away, you first got to find the meaning in your own life. See, so if you already got things going on, you already know what God has in store for you, you know that your life will continue. Like I said, it doesn't mean replacing that person with another person. It doesn't mean any of that. And also, um, Christina, companionship can come in a lot of different forms. It don't mean you got to go buy, get a bunch of dogs, a bunch of cats. It don't mean all that. But you got to find out what's important to you, what's important to you. The next thing is get up, get dressed. you got to be moving, meaning be careful not to fall into the trap of figuring out how long does grief last. Because sometimes individuals, it'll go days, weeks, months, years. No, don't do that to yourself. Do not do that to yourself. Take a road trip. When I saw my Uncle Derek on his way to Hawaii, I'm like, he'll be all right. Yes, his mother passed. He's going to be all right. So searching for meaning and finding a quest for life can feel like an ocean away when you're grieving the loss of a spouse. We talked about the stages. But everyone grieves in their own way and own time. Some people would be like, well, why they that?" Don't question why a person is doing what they're doing. They're doing what works for them. You know, um, Christina, when Byron passed, they had his service, I was at the casino. I did what worked for me. I didn't sit there. I didn't. I, I'm at the casino. I'm being good old guy. Because people grieve in their own way, in their own time. Their grief can be short-lived or it can be extended. But neither way, there's no right and there's no wrong. Um, Christina, did you feel with worried about what other people may think about you? Um, did I worry about it? No. Um, Why would but, they say, like, um, I'm going now, or she gone here, or she gone... But some people, I know that they worry about that. They're so concerned about other people's life that they don't have a life of their own. I like, like my grandma, get you some business. Mind your own business. And sometimes individuals be concerned about that. Roger, do you think that when your um, father passed and your stepmom, you don't say anything about her anymore, but the, what she went through... How did you guys think about how dare her move on, how dare her not move on? How is that? You know, it was um all right, let me get you off speaker. It was very traumatic. Um, it was very sudden. He had a heart attack, you know, from mm-hmm. loss of love. 
uh, and he got abandoned on me, and it was just a very traumatic situation. But we all have to move on and move forward. Um, so what is the topic here? We're talking about life after the death of a spouse because I noticed, like I said, my stepfather had a hard time after my mom passed on. My father had a hard time after my mom passed on. Um, but some people do things, they do things differently. It was like them, too, it was like they just didn't want to live anymore. It was like they were so used to my mom, oh, they didn't know what to do with themselves. No. My best friend committed suicide. He shot himself in the face. Um, this was in 2012. And I will never forgive him. He, I, I want to hate him, but I love him. And he will never see me again. And that's it. Bye. Well, Got to move over from that one. Right. Lost yeah. the loved one. I get it, but this is the thing. That's your feeling you have, and when you say he'll never see me again and you were upset with what he did, but sometimes we don't know why a person do what they did. So that I have he, no idea why he did that. Oh, actually, I do. He was addicted to drugs, OxyContin. Got you. Got you. So when individuals are experiencing that deep type of pain, and then you take their pain and make it your own, that's a lot. That's a lot. So sometimes... I've never, Miss J, I've never told anybody that story. So mm-hmm. there you go. I could write a freaking novel. Novella. Well, but part of the grief process is to talk about it. Because if you hold on to it and you're angry, there's a lot of individuals that we talk about the life after the death of a spouse, and they're angry because their spouse left them. Like, how dare you leave me? How dare you? How dare them? Walk away. But you don't know. You know when when people and it comes back down to in our last topic, decision making, mm-hmm. and they have consequences. Mm-hmm. And here we are now talking about death of a spouse. And mm-hmm. when my grandpa died, my grandma found out that he cheated on her, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, she was so upset with him. And she ended up dying a month later. Mm-hmm. My grandma. That's you. And see, at NASA things, sometimes we give people way too much power. I'll never forget one time when one of my friend's um, husband, I didn't know her husband, I knew her. And when I found that her husband had died, I called her and I said, hey, I heard that your husband passed, your ex-husband passed away. I said, "Um, you want me to come down? Because if you want me to come, I'll come down there because she was in Vegas. And she was, I listened to her voice and she said, she thought about it, she said, yeah, babe. When you get down here, we can go to the casino. We can go da da da. I said, "Be like, you don't sound like you a grieving widow to me. Are you upset about this?" And I'm laughing because it kind of caught me off guard. And so when I went to the funeral service, I watched her. And after the service was over with, I said, "Something ain't right with this picture. 
she was so angry. She was angry about some decisions that was made prior to his death. And she felt like, you sucker, you, you done transitional, and I done got left holding the bag. And I saw all of this at his service, and just the mere fact that she had somewhere to dump it and process it is probably why she's still alive today. Probably why she's still alive today. It's because she wasn't holding on to that. She wasn't holding on. Okay, Miss Joanna. Miss Gay, I just have to um, do a shout-out to Miss B. Is she, mm-hmm. is she still on the line? No, that person hung up. The person that you had call in, they hung up. So we just have me, you, and Miss Christina. All I'm going to say is your show is so important to so many people. Don't listen to it. Don't hear it. But it's so therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I also want to give some other information. Exercising every day. When you exercise, Grief brings out its dreadful physical and mental fatigue that leaves you drained of energy and a constant mental fall. You may start feeling like your brain is a mush because you forget things in the morning, tonight. Your, your mind, you can't act, you can't function. You may not remember what you did that day, what, if anything, you even had to eat. But daily exercise is more than just physical exertion. It also engages your mind and forces you to act on things that you can't control. You've got to remember the things you can control versus the things that you can't control. And I also want to say practice spiritual self-renewal. Sometimes when you're in the deep part of despair, it can leave you feeling like you're trapped in your grief. You may find yourself waking up every day, feeling panicked and dreading the day ahead of you. Many widowers or spouses think of the depth of their loss as a weight that will never lift for weeks and months following their spouse's death. Connecting or reconnecting with your spiritual or religious beliefs can help you overcome So don't be afraid to rely on your faith to get you through some of the most challenging grief journey. You know, sometimes you need that. You know, I, I listen to songs when they say, Lord, I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. So you got to tap into that because you can't put all of your eggs in one basket and wither away because they've gone. you got to find out what's going to get you going. Now, hey, Will, I see you watching. All of us have had friends and family members that spouses have passed away and they're struggling with what they're going to do with their life. And affirm even the smallest accomplishments meaning feeling satisfaction of happiness or even taking the smallest moments towards forward will reward you in ways that will keep your path of healing because you want to heal yourself and do things you had a hard time with doing before. See, one of the things about losing a spouse, Roger, is especially if they were totally dependent upon their spouse for a lot of different things. Now you got to do it on your own. There are some people that never drove a car, never balanced a checkbook, never cooked for themselves, never cleaned up for themselves. Now they got to learn how to. Just over, it was a couple of days ago, I went to go visit my father, my, no, my grandfather's only living brother, Uncle Leon. 
95 years old. It was great sitting there watching this man try to heat up his food in the microwave, rolling around in his wheelchair. And I know, I believe he really thinks about my mama when he talks to me. Because he'd be like, when are you coming back to see me? When you? I'm like, I was a kid. This man don't know me. He said, I'm a mama. But I roll with it because it brings him joy. So I want to say to individuals, we talk about the life after the death of a spouse. If you know that your parents have lost their spouse or a friend has lost their spouse, call and check on them from time to time. See how they're doing. You don't have to listen to all the stuff, but just, just be there. Just be present. So I'm going to ask you, Christina, what is it that you feel you would like for your friends or family to do? What do you want? What do you, what, 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 if you could tell them anything that could help Anything you broke up. I'm sorry, anything that what? Anything that you would like for your friends, family, or something to know that, hey, this can help me through my process. What would you want them to know that could help you? Because I'm telling you, a lot of times people don't know what to do. I really don't know, to be honest with you. Right now I'm in an angry stage. So, okay. and I've made a lot of people angry, and so I'm not really talking to too many people right now. Okay. Miss J, fine. I'm going to chime in here. This is Roger. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is look outside, and it's a brand new day. It's mm-hmm. sunny. Oh, I understand even that. Even if it's cloudy, it I don't it's care. Feeling I... Wherever you are. It's a brand new day, and you I don't know how to sing, but it's a brand new day. Let me, let me say this, because I know we're running out of time on the show. Anger is a valid emotion. Anger can be used to motivate a person to do something different, or anger can be used to get a person in trouble, because anger is depression turned inward. So if a person is angry or upset about something, it's okay to feel that way, but you have to learn how to process the feeling and the emotions and not stay there because anger is like stress. It can kill you and it can eat you up. Because when we angry, like I said, I've heard people say, I'm angry because that person left me. Angry because that person died. Angry because we get that. So even with the anger, got to learn to do something about it. Got to learn to do something about it. So I want to thank you for joining me here at this Blog Talk Radio. Not sure what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, but I know my niece yeah. want me to talk about childhood love and sweetheart. So on Monday, I'm going to talk about the whole relationship. And we were teenagers and our first love and our first crush. So because sometimes people wonder, why don't these things happen? Do people grow apart? What happened? So join me next week for that topic. We talk about our first love, the crutches, middle school crutches, wherever they come from. Y'all ponder. Heart, okay, I have to hang up. I'm oh. sorry. Thank you. All right. I will be in touch. Got you. Thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until next week, remember, you've got this. Bye-bye.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 